to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the soporific Matt. Hello there. So, today, we are talking about Amy's Choice. Mm-hmm. Episode 7 of mm-hmm. Season 5. Yep. Written by Simon Nye. Okay. I don't know if that's a writer that mean a name that means anything to you. Have we come across him before? Not in this show, but he is best known as the creator of Men Behaving Badly. Oh, really? Yeah. Should we go off on a slight tangent? What are your thoughts on Men Behaving Badly? Never watched it. I I watched it quite a lot. Mm. And I think even when I was about ten, I thought, this is a bit shit. Yeah. It was like a very tame version of Bottom. Yeah. It wasn't edgy enough to be as funny as Bottom. It was just two blokes just like going... Oh, I like girls. I like lager. Yeah. Do you like girls? I feel like it's. I, I mean, I, I think I've never watched it. I'm kind of curious to watch it just to see, because I feel like out of all of the major sitcoms of the '90s, it's probably dated the worst out of yeah any of them. But even like I say, even back then, it wasn't very good. No. I mean, it was popular though. Credit yeah. where credit's due. It like ran for a long time and was. Ex- Incredibly popular, but yeah, uh, turns out he was a Doctor Who fan all along. Okay. And um, yeah, so he just—I don't—I don't really know the backstory of how, whether Stephen Moffat asked him to write it and was aware that he was a fan or or what it is. But for disclosure, I think he knocks it out of the park. I think it's a brilliant episode. Mm. This uh, this one, it's really quite different and unique. And uh, yeah, I mean. I'm going to be heaping a lot of praise on it over the course of the I'm not going to put it in the same league, but it it did... I know I talk about it all the time, but it did remind me of Blink. Yeah. In that it's not really related to the rest of the series. It's a really strong, good concept. Yes, yeah. And, you know, I, I did enjoy this episode. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, I think that in terms of similarities with Blink, it's like it's you've got this, this big... It, it's like... Easy to summarise, but with massive implications, kind of big sci-fi idea. Mm-hmm. Which is, in this case, is, you know, flipping between uh, dreams and reality, not knowing which is which, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not an original. Other writers have played with that concept, but I think we've never seen it in Doctor Who before, and it's, and it's executed really well on, you know, a fairly tight budget and, you know, only 45 minutes mm. to play with. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. but I would say my main criticism is the resolution. Okay, well, we'll get there when we get there, yeah. I think. Um, that would be my main sort of issue. But, you know, it's certainly an, an interesting ride. Um, so I think we'll, let's just get stuck into it, shall we? Okay. So, it starts with some lovely shots of the countryside. Yeah. And I've just put, is that Amy's old house? It isn't. Right. Because, um, as they establish later, uh, it, it is Ledworth, they've moved to Upper Ledworth. That's right. Because they're posh now. Yeah, as Rory says, we've gone up market. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amy's pregnant. Yeah, like super pregnant. More so than that, she's giving birth. Well, and so she starts screaming. Yeah. And then when Rory arrives, she just goes, well, I don't know what giving birth feels like. I thought that yeah. might have been it. I love I love the way that it, it, it's edited so well, because like, you, you see her sort of huffing and puffing in the kitchen. She's like making some cake batter or something. Mm-hmm. She's huffing and puffing. Um, and you hear her just yell, Rory! Cut to the outside. Rory's on his little bike, 
like comes skittering into the house as he just sat on the sofa casually eating cake batter with yeah. like the, the, the mixing bowl like propped up on her enormous pregnant belly. Um, and yeah, so it's like I, I think that immediately like sets the tone of the kind of humour in, in, in this episode. I think the the there's a lot of humour in it, and it mostly lands. Mm. Um, so then the TARDIS arrives, and it turns out it's five years later. Five years yeah. since their last adventure together. Yeah. And they go for a nice walk together. How are you feeling at this point? Obviously not knowing the premise of this episode. You're like, are we really doing this time jump? Like, I, I just yeah. thought, uh, they'll fill it in. <laughs> you know, time doesn't mean anything in this show. Yeah. I was like, eh, you know... Maybe they just need to get there so we can find out what this crack thing is. Yeah. Okay. So they go for a nice walk. Except they've been spied on by a weird old lady out the window. Uh-huh. And I don't think... Is it Mrs. Dorrit? Mrs. Pocket. Pocket. That's it. it. Yeah. Okay. And the Doctor, Amy and Rory, sit on a nice bench together. They're having a hoot. They're really catching up. It's like old times. Uh, I mean... Well, the Doctor is bored out of his mind. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, he I, does I, say, like, what do you do for entertainment around here? And yeah. they're like... I mean, they say, oh, yeah, we go for a walk and we relax. Yeah. But there's sort of, like, an undertone where it, they sort of look at Amy's pregnant belly. Yeah. It's just like, they just shag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. In a tiny video like that. And, and, and specifically, like, the, the, the Doctor says, I mean, what do you do to stave off the... And he, like, trails for a second... And so Amy says boredom, like trying to finish his sentence. And at the same moment, he says self-harm. Like his, his brain goes a lot darker. Um, because like, this is, this, for, you know, for, let's not forget, the Doctor is someone who is basically, for centuries, literal centuries, has just been adventuring all across <laughs> time and space. The idea of settling down in a quiet little village is his own personal hell. So, yeah. So, whilst they're sat on the bench chatting, the Doctor feels ill mm-hmm. and begins to nod off. Yeah. And you start to hear some, like, very loud bird, bird song. song. Yeah. Then, obviously, Rory also falls asleep, followed by Amy. And when they wake up, they're just on the TARDIS now. Yeah. And the Doctor thinks, oh, that was a peculiar dream. Well, as he refers to it, a nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, that's that's raised by Amy when she's like, "Oh, I, I had this dream." Recounts the story. They mm. find out they all have the same dream, and she goes, "Hey, Minnie, you said it was a nightmare." <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Already, we know something weird is going on here. Yeah. Yeah. So they hit a bird song again, and they can't tell which is the dream being on the TARDIS. Or five years in the future. Yeah. So the doctor says he can't tell if we're flashing forward or backwards. And we cut back to the TARDIS because we're jumping backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And the doctor gives them all items and says, right, we have to search for something that doesn't ring true. So he gives them, I think, a spanner, a pair of pliers. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look for every minute detail. There's got to be something off. And as he says that, the TARDIS dies. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it unwell before. The deadest we've seen it is, so far I think, is um, the uh, Rise of the Cyberman, mm. where it, it crosses through to the parallel universe, 
and uh, yeah, at, at one point the Doctor is just like, oh my god, you know, the TARDIS is just dead. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's not a happy TARDIS. So <coughs> back in Upper Ledworth, a little old lady says hello, Doctor, but she's talking to Rory. Uh huh. Because he's got his dream job. Yeah. So straight away I thought, this must be the dream. Mm. It's going a little bit too well for him. Mm-hmm. And not just Mrs. Poggett now, but all the people in the old folks' home are just watching them. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Uh-huh. When I was about 13, 14, my first ever job was to be a milkman. Uh-huh. And I used to have to deliver to an old folks' home. And that involved going into the old folks' home, and each person's room had like a double-sided cupboard, so I could open one side, uh-huh. put the milk in, and they could open the other side in their kitchen. It was a bit like a letterbox yeah, for right. milk. And I can remember at three o'clock in the morning being in an old folks' home when there's old people, like a single old person shuffling down a corridor. <sighs> Yeah. Terrifying. Yes, yeah, so absolute. Yeah. Old people are scary, especially when you're at that age. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was thirteen. I thought I'd live forever. Yeah. And, and now, when so I see an old people, I'm like, this. "That'll be me soon." Yeah. <laughs> you know, death comes for us all. <laughs> yeah. So all the old folks in the home are watching them. Yeah. And when the doctor begins to speak to one of the old ladies, bird song. Yeah. And we're back on the TARDIS. So the bird song signifies when we're going to jump backwards and forwards. Yeah, we're getting used to the rules here and the rhythm of it. But then, when we're on the TARDIS, Toby Jones appears. Yeah. What do you think of Toby Jones? Uh, In general, or specifically in this? Both. Uh, In general, I think he's fantastic. In this episode, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I'd second that. I, I really like him in, have you seen The Detectorists? I've seen the first series. I need to finish it up. Yeah, at some point. I think I've seen so the first two. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, what else is he? He's, he's in the Mist. He is. He's in uh, the first two Captain America movies. That's right. As uh, uh, obviously, uh, I'm going to say Erskine, but no, that's the. Uh, yeah, the it's, side, it's not Zemo. Um, Zola. That's it. I'm, I'm in Zola. Zola. Yeah, yeah. And he's very good in that. Yeah. He's just. He's just. He's one of those actors like. Proper character actor, um, and he, he he always gives his all. I think, like you know, whatever the material, like you feel like he's really put a lot of thought and effort into yeah. his performance. And he just strikes me as quite a nice guy as well. Yeah, but he is he is horrible. He, oh, yeah, he is. He, a, but like, he is and he isn't because he's horrible, but in such a nice. He's like quite charming in this episode. Oh yes, you know yeah, he's yeah. dressed. In a way that almost mimics the Doctor bow tie, very yeah. well to do. You know, he speaks with manners, but but what he's, he's saying is so unpleasant. Yeah, because he's like immediately he's trying to get under their skin. Mm. Like, so he tells them he is the Dream Lord. Yeah, he says, and it's obviously like a name he's just kind of plucking for him. So he says, "Well, if you're the Time Lord, yeah, then are let's call me the Dream Lord." So. He, he sets out the rules for uh-huh. this episode. Yeah. There are two realities. Mm-hmm. One is real, one is a dream. Die in the dream, wake up in reality. Die, die in reality, reality, die in reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 like, it, and I think that the way that get, plays out as well is like Rory says, and what happens if we die in reality? And, and 
the Dream Lord just says, uh, what do you think? You're dying. That's why they call it reality, stupid. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So he then says to Amy, because Rory and the Doctor are not panicking, they're not at each other's throats, but they're definitely starting to annoy one another. Yeah. He says, sort your men out. Yeah. And ultimately, you're going to have to choose. Yeah. So it. It says, you know, I've seen your dreams, Amy. Yeah. I know what you really think. So in that one scene, we get both fully established the rules in terms of the sci-fi plot of the episode, mm-hmm. but also the thematic underpinning, you know, the, the the sort of emotional crux for this story, which is Amy is stuck between this, you know, heroic adventurer that she's, you know, being whisked away mm-hmm. by the Doctor... And, uh, you know, a life of cosy, quiet contentment mm. with Rory. And, you know, that tension's been there since day one. You know, when, you know, let's not forget at the end of the eleventh hour, we, we pan over to her wedding dress, mm. you know, hanging up on her bedroom door. You know, this is, it's the decision she's been putting off making mm. all the way through the, the, the uh, series so far. So, one thing we've sort of missed there is in each of the realities, there is a fatal issue yes. to address. Yeah. So, in the, let's call it the Ledworth reality, uh-huh. basically all the old people are like freaky aliens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't fully established that yet, but we know, we, we we know they're that not... they're creepy and there's something going yeah. on there. And, and in, yeah. let's call it the TARDIS reality... The TARDIS is dead, and they're drifting towards a cold sun. And the thing that I think is absolutely genius about this is, individually, both of those could be Doctor Who episode plots. Yes. In and of themselves. We could totally be doing an episode where it's like creepy old alien zombie old people. Mm. That would be a perfectly plausible Doctor Who episode. And likewise, like a tense bottle episode where like the TARDIS is, is dead and they're drifting towards a cold star and they've got a you know ticking clock to but before they die. It cuts out all the bullshit yeah. in this episode. It doesn't go, oh no, those old peoples, they're Glaphorians from planet <laughs> Glaphor. Oh no, I've got history with them. It's just like, look, these old people are going to kill you. <laughs> and if we drift into that star... It's really fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't need to know anything else. You don't need an explanation of like, oh no, cold stars. Back on Gallifrey, we used to blah, blah, blah. So so it's like you're getting two condensed Doctor Who episodes for the price of one. Yeah. Whilst also having this kind of meta-narrative of which one is real, which one's uh, a dream. It's it's, it's a genius. It's a good idea. And then his parting shot, the Dream Lord says to the Doctor, I know you. Oh, yeah. And the Doctor sort of panics. I think at this point he says, you know, I've been alive 900 years. Cross a lot of paths. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know who he is. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be totally honest. I just thought, because he can, like, zap around and, like, disappear, I thought it was the Master. Yeah, no, it's I, a solid I was theory. like, last time we saw the Master, he was, like, freaky yeah. weird, zapping all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, he could have just... We've seen him as an old man yeah. before. Why? Why, why not? Oh, Toby Jones would be great casting as the master. Yeah, especially playing it like this. Yeah. He's, it's almost like the Joker. Just, like, so charming whilst yeah. he's saying, you are going to die. <laughs> yeah. you know, let's yeah. just accept that. Yeah. Right, so now we're back 
in Ledworth. Yeah. The doctor notices the old lady from earlier, and whilst they're discussing plots and plans, his gaze never breaks. He never leaves anywhere where he can see this old lady. Mm-hmm. And he says, I think we really need to discuss the elephant in the room here. And he just points at Rory and just goes, What's going on with your ponytail? Oh, yeah, we haven't even mentioned so, that, have we? So like, like, in this reality. In, in this reality, in in what is possibly Rory's perfect reality. Yeah. He's just grown a, pa- a ponytail. Yeah. Um, and we hear birdsong. So now we're yeah. back on the TARDIS. Yeah. Okay. Rory says that the TARDIS must be the dream because the Ledworth life is the life he wants. He wants to settle down with Amy. He wants to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Probably wants a ponytail. Yeah. He wants the baby. Okay. But... Whilst they're having this conversation, it's starting to get really cold on the TARDIS. Mm. So they go down to where the Doctor keeps like spare clothes and blankets and start wrapping up. And the Doctor builds a generator yes. from an egg whisk and a bottle opener. <laughs> Mostly, yes. Yeah. yeah, and he just says to Rory, just keep turning this egg whisk. Mm-hmm. As he does, it powers back the TARDIS. And this is where we find out about the cold star. Yeah. Okay. Now they say that could be a dream because stars aren't cold. Yeah, I mean, so, it's f- fair enough. So there's evidence for both of them being a dream. Yeah, but as the Doctor says, you know, it's a big universe. I've not seen everything. It's... Yeah. So the dream world appears again as the Doctor and Rory are arguing mm-hmm. and he just makes them go back to Ledworth. So any time they seem to be making any progress, the dream world is able to sort of whip them back and forth. Yes. Through realities. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 you really get the feeling he's just toying with them. Yeah. So, in Ledworth, the children have all been turned to dust by the old people. <sighs> yes, yeah. Because it was like, there was, it was like a sort of school trip on this old, like, ruined castle. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's all of a sudden just these, like, piles of dust, the old rucksack. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the old people sort of appear en masse almost like yeah. a horde yeah we definitely this is the point where it just goes full zombie rules yeah with the old people yeah so the dream world speaks to the doctor and says you know he's always loved redheads and he's like taunting <laughs> it's the comment that sort of irritates all of them yeah because Rory's just like oh you better not steal my girlfriend yeah Amy's like I've got conflicted f- feelings mm-hmm. but the doctor's just sort of like will you just piss off <laughs> yeah now, can you just give me yeah two minutes yeah like, without appearing and being a knobhead out of, yeah out, out of all of them like you can tell the the dream world is getting under his skin more than than anyone mm. uh, he just seems to always know the right thing to needle him so the old people approach and they just throw rory they just pick him yeah. up Launching, javelin, yeah, okay, and this is where we find out what they truly are. So yeah. they have eyeballs in their mouths, yeah, that spray mist, yeah, that turns you into dust, yeah. That's all. Lots really of wrap your head around there, isn't it? Yeah. Because at first they open their mouths and the eyes there, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. that's pretty freaky. Yeah. Then it sprays a mist, and I'm like, all right, but then the mist turns you to dust. Yeah, I think like there's like a postman or something who's passing by that they just like use as a demonstration. Effectively, gets dusted. So they explain that they were driven from their planet 
by invading neighbours. Yeah, and, and the Doctor's like finishing the sentence for yeah. them. It's just like, yeah, we know the drill. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally, it was practically the premise of the previous episode. It's like, we've seen like alien refugees trying mm. to settle on, on Earth all the time. I like that this doesn't say, oh, we escaped the silence. No. We're just giving the plot a little bit of breathing space. Yeah. It's like, we know that's going on. Let's just yeah. put that to one side. Yeah. Okay. And just as they finish explaining what's going on, as a bit of revenge for being thrown, Rory just hits an old lady over the face with a fence post. It, yeah. So and she's like, approaching to slowly. Yeah. And Amy's like... Just hit her. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, like oh, I can't do it. Because, yeah. like, you know, he was the local country doctor. He was looking after all of these old people. Yeah. And, and now he's got to just whack him in the and face. And I'm, I'm not saying Amy isn't, yeah. but she's almost like battle-hardened. Whereas Rory's still, he's so nice and yeah. almost innocent. Yeah. But, yeah, she just throws him a two-by-four. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> just wrap it around her head. And yeah. he's like... No, no. <laughs> and then eventually, when the danger's really close, yeah. that's when he finally does it. Yeah, I mean, I think what you've, we've seen a lot of Amy at this point. You've got to, I think, perhaps more than any other companion we've seen so far. She is like really kind of bullshy and like she's very no nonsense, mm. and like, and, and to the point, like she, like she is definitely. Um, in charge of the relationship with with uh, Rory. Yes. Yeah. Like he is kind of like a little just puppy dog trotting along beside her. Yeah. So whilst that's going on, the Doctor tries to outrun the bird song. So as soon as he yeah. hears it, he begins running. Yeah. He's just saying he puts his fingers in his away. ears. Yeah. He shuts himself inside a butcher's shop. Yeah. Um, and can, I, I just want to say, physically, his performance is amazing in that moment, uh, Matt Smith. You know, if you told me, uh, you know, and I've had a little bit of acting experience. I'm not saying I was great at it, but you know, I enjoyed doing it. But like, if you said to me as a director, "Okay, I want you to run like you like something is trying to force you to fall asleep, mm. and you're trying to keep yourself awake and keep yourself alive," and I, I don't know how I would even be able to push it, but like. It's it's a perfect bit of physical acting. Like his his arms and legs are all over yeah. the shop because yeah. constantly as well. He's trying to keep his fingers in these ears. Yeah. So whilst he's trying to open doors, yeah, he knows that's going to weaken him. Yeah. And, and it's like it really builds up the tension well because of course he's trying to get behind a door and lock it. So because if he falls asleep in the street, he's dead in that yeah. reality. Yeah. Which might be the real reality. So he goes through the butcher's shop. And the Dream Lord appears, and he's just such a dick. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's just like, oh, fingers in your ears. Yeah. That's going to be a help. We need to notice as well, he's wearing the classic butcher's apron, the little yeah. little white hat. And, and, and I love that he says as, as well that in this scene, like, oh, I love a butcher's shop, don't you? You know, we must use these places, <laughs> or they will shut down. It's just like, <laughs> just those little moments where it just, ah. Oh. Yeah. He's such like, a dick. There's nothing worse than when you've really lost your temper than people like going, why don't you just calm down? Yeah, exactly. You, know, it's, it's, you it's want that people tone, to join in your rage, don't yeah, you? And no, he's, it's he's, never matched. No, he's always this this sort of suave, smug... Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, so good. It is. So, yeah. 
the Doctor shuts himself almost in like the broom closet. Yeah. Because there's old folks banging at the door. Yeah. And he just knows as long as he's in there, yeah. for now, he's okay. Yeah. When he gets in there, he wakes up <coughs> on the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. So, the Doctor finally has like an, a proper conversation with Rory because they've either been best friends, pally pally, or just like obstinately not speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, we're not disagreeing. It's not that this is my reality, this is yours. He says, we're competing. Yeah. Okay. So, the Dream Lord then makes both of them fall asleep but keeps Amy awake. Yeah. Okay. So they're back in Ledworth. Rory's at the house with an unconscious Amy. The Doctor's still in the butcher's closet. Yeah. And I, I like that moment where he's dragging Amy into safe safe, just like dragging her up the stairs and just going like, sorry, after every just like, bump, sorry, bump, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> For a pregnant lady, he's not. Yeah. He doesn't wrap her in cotton wool, does he? Yeah. Okay, so the Doctor, and you might have to explain this bit to me. Uh, I'll go, give it a go. He, he drives through the village yeah. in a camper van, yeah. rescuing people. Yeah. But then, do we see those people again? Well, I think what happens is he's kind of driven them over to the next town and dropped them off because, like, it's a problem that is centered on the Upper village Ledworth. of Le- Upper Ledworth. Yeah. Okay. So I just but didn't it, really get it that. happens very quick. I feel like maybe there was twenty seconds more footage that they just trimmed yeah. off for the sake of the running. Because he's like driving around, going, "Get in, get yeah. in." Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he's at their house. And but, but crucially, the, pe- the, the the van is empty. So like, yeah. I think we have to just fill in the the blanks and assume that he's dropped them off safely elsewhere, and then kind of hightailed it back to to catch up with Amy and Rory. Mm-hmm. So the Dream Lord flirts with Amy. He's like saying, yeah. you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be me. Yeah, and creepy. He says, you know, you think you're the chosen one. You think the doctor trusts you. If that's the case, what's his name? Yeah, um, what's that, his true name? That lands for me. because it's because it's you don't as as a viewer of the show, you don't think about it. The mm. doctor's the doctor. Yeah, and like, and we we get that with like every companion. They they have the conversation like Doctor Who, Doctor What. I uh, can't just call you the Doctor. That's not a name. But like by the end of their first episode with them, it, we're done and dusted with no. it, and we moved I, on. I don't want the revelation, mm-hmm. but does anybody know his true name? Maybe. Okay, that'll do. Yeah, secretive <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, the Doctor sees people breaking into Amy's house so he realises he needs to perform some sort of rescue mission Mm -hmm. Amy wakes up having fallen asleep on the TARDIS and Rory cuts off his ponytail yeah the ultimate sacrifice yeah (laughs) Yeah. and at this point Amy appears to be going into labour yeah now to rescue her Rory is gassed by an old woman and turns into a pile of dust yeah and it gets like super tragic all of a sudden. Yeah, it's been quite. A, it's been like a, a a high stakes, fun kind of episode, and then it something just gets really dark. And I like that 
we stay in this reality for a while. We yeah. don't immediately cut back to the TARDIS to see whether he's woken up. No. We just have to live with it that, for now, Rory's gone. Yeah, there is a distinct possibility that this was reality and that he is gone for good. And, you know, the, the, uh, Karen Gillis' performance in, that, in this scene is great. Like, yeah. when she sort of turns to the Doctor and says, like, really quietly, she's not shouting, she's just really quietly, she just says, save him. And the doctor says, "I can't, you know, I can't save everyone. It's not how it works." And, and she just says, "If that's the case, what is the point of you?" Mm. That's a good line. gut wrench, isn't it? Yeah, absolute gut punch. Yeah, and it's maybe the moment that I'm going to be less critical of Amy from now on. I think right. I said that, you know, I haven't really seen enough from her. No. But straight away, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. such a good moment. Yeah. I mean, this is the point, I think, where you realise that, like, this isn't... The key to Amy's character isn't Amy. It's Rory. Yes. It's their relationship. Um, and I think we'll, we'll continue to see that in various ways. Yeah, I, I think... I've appreciated her more now that we've got Rory as well. Yeah. Because up until then, it's almost been as though she's running away from that. But actually, now we know it's a real source of happiness yeah. for her. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. So, Amy says that this Ledworth reality must be the dream. She was like, because I don't want to live here anymore. Yeah. That's like, I have happy. to believe this is the dream because this can't be my life yeah. from now on. So she's basically prepared to potentially commit suicide. Let's not beat around the bushes. Yeah. She is essentially flipping a coin. Either she, she dies for good or she gets Rory back. Mm. That's And to get extra dark... Which is not really addressed in the episode. Let's not forget, in this reality, she's heavily pregnant. Yes. It's not just her she's, kind yeah. of, you know, committing suicide with. But anyway, let's not think too much about now, that. But I, Again, I don't want this to sound yeah. morose. But when they accept they're going to commit suicide, yeah. they do so by driving the van into the house. Yeah. I don't think they were going fast enough. <laughs> no, no, I think you're quite right. I, 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 I did have I, that same thought. I don't want it. to like belittle <laughs> anything to do with yeah. road traffic accidents yeah. or suicide. Yeah. But I, I thought they were going to go off some sort of cliff. I wonder if there. Was I an, thought it was uh, going to be like a Thelma yeah. and Louise moment. I, I wonder if there was an earlier draft where it was a little more dramatic than driving into the house. Because basically, you watch the the van trundling slowly towards the house and then it's a hard cut back to the TARDIS. Yeah. You know, we don't really get that... In, yeah, you never quite get the sense of peril. But at the same time, I suppose it's better than if they went too extreme the other way, that it drove into the house and exploded. Yeah, no, we. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a kid's show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this has been pretty dark. Yeah. It's, I think it feels this series feels a tad more grown up yeah. than uh, previous. So as soon as the van crashes into the house, you see Amy's eyes open on the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. She reaches over to Rory and holds hands with him. Yeah, and the TARDIS and and the the and the crew they are like pretty much frozen at yeah. this point. Like yeah. just everything is covered in ice crystals. So they. Approach the Dream Lord, who says, well done, you got it right. Mm-hmm. You chose the correct reality to, to die in. 
Yeah. And begins to warm them up again. Yeah, he concedes, restores power to the TARDIS, and he's gone. So, when he restores power to the TARDIS, the Doctor immediately uses that power to blow up the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. And he's figured it out at this point, because yeah. he says, if the Dream Lord has any real- any power here, which he seems to, he's yeah. manipulated his own time and space, moving yeah. around the TARDIS, yeah. he can turn the TARDIS on and off. Yeah. He said, well, this must also be a dream. Yeah. So there's two dream realities, and that's been the big twist all along. Yeah. Okay. So So is that the point that you didn't like then? Or we, or is it the the final final? It, it's what's still to come. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll address that. So they blow the TARDIS up. Yeah. And they wake up in reality. Yeah. Okay. So back on the TARDIS again, but like the real TARDIS. And it turns out this was all caused by psychic pollen. Yeah. Okay. In the TARDIS, all along, feeding off the Doctor. And so the Dream Lord was the Doctor's dark side. That's how it knew how to press all his buttons and what to say. Why it dressed as a sort of reflection of him. Yeah. As well. And I don't know, I I was just somewhat unfulfilled by that. That's interesting. This is one of the rare cases where I think I'd have appreciated it more if it was just aliens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that, because apart from anything else, it means that we're not getting the Dream Lord back. Yeah. Which is a shame. Even if they did some sort of Gallifrey bullshit, yeah. where it ends and the Doctor's just like, who was he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like the Weeping Angels, where it's yeah. just like, every time you see a statue, that could be a Weeping Angels. Mm. You've just gone a little bit too far there. <laughs> yeah. You've got a good episode and you've just gone that... 20 seconds too far. Yeah. I don't know. I really like it because I think... Because of what it tells us about the Doctor. Mm. Like, yes, it's disappointing that we've taken away a cracking villain that would have been... I would have totally be down for a reappearance of the Dream Lord at some point in the future. Um, but um, I like what it tells us about the Doctor in that for all of his cheerful exterior, that there is... A, a, a darkness too, and 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 it's a and it's a a darkness born of self hatred. Mm. You know, it's that for all the good he does, he is his own worst critic, mm. effectively. And obviously, it was playing on his neuroses the fact that he was aware of this awkward situation between him and Rory and Amy, and kind of the the weird triangle between them not a classical love triangle because mm. there is no kind of romantic interest from the doctor towards amy but but he is aware that his presence is potentially spoiling their relationship where whilst at the same time he doesn't want to give up amy because he he wants the companionship mm. So it, it's a tricky one, and and I, I I like how that's kind of crystallized in that moment, and, the, and the, by revealing that the Dream Lord was the Doctor all along, or at least the the negative parts of the Doctor's psyche. Um, I feel like that that feels like a, a good full stop, mm. to, uh, 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 you know, to end this story on. But but you know, d- different people are going to feel differently about it. Um, if you feel strongly one way or the other, listener, 
you can always drop us an email. We genuinely mm. love to uh, hear from you about it. But um, time nor space pod at gmail.com if memory serves. Yeah. Yep. Um, or time nor space pod at time nor space pod on Twitter. Yeah, on the old tweets if you want to uh, hit up Matt there. So, the very end of this episode. Yeah. Amy tells Rory in the reality he died. But she also says she died to see him again. Yeah. So that ties together sort of everything we've seen so far. Yeah. And she's not running away from the wedding like it was sort of hinted at. Yeah. I feel like she's running what she was running well I think the thing is she was maybe running away from the wedding but she wasn't running away from Rory. Yes. It wasn't it wasn't that she had doubts about her love for Rory. It was that she was feeling maybe she what everything that that implies getting married settling down letting go of your carefree youth mm-hmm. um and that she wasn't quite ready to do that especially not when like her imaginary friend has just suddenly turned up on her doorstep and said hey do you want to go and see some planets that's a hard offer to turn down mm. so i do have sympathy some people can get can be really unsympathetic towards amy and and say that she's just being selfish and yeah, she is in some ways. But also, I think a lot of people in her shoes would make the same choices she's made up until this point. And then so, the episode closes with the Doctor seeing the Dream Lord's reflection. Mm. Ooh, so maybe Ooh. we might see him again. Maybe. Get some more of that sweet psychic pollen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. That's, that's the end of Amy's choice. Uh, I think... Uh, Good episode. It's a re- I think it's a real standout of the series so far. It's been the best one so far, I would say. Yeah. It's the only one where it's not just like fish people. Yeah. And I, it, that's the thing. If it, it feels different, but again, it's moving the emotional arc of this series yes. on. We're, we're, we're learning more about the Doctor, we're learning more about Amy, we're learning more about Rory and how they connect to one another. Yeah. And that's really that's strong writing. So, um, yeah, let's see if it continues. Next week, we are going to be discussing a two-parter, The Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. Oh, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> Do you want, you want to have a guess? No, it doesn't tie into anything I can think of. Right. The Hungry Earth. Yeah. Is the Earth an alien? No, the Earth's a ship, isn't it? That's what those spider people came to... And everything formed around that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a lot of things over the course of the show. <laughs> all things to all men. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, join us next week for that. Until then, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at Time Nor Space Pod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.